and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. You're back. I am back, yeah. Thank you for um, holding down the fort while Absolutely. I was uh, in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, thanks to Scott for, for coming all the way up here uh, twice, because uh, he was on two episodes in a row. Right, so, yeah. And this is a bit of a trek for him. Should so. I be worried that he's like going to supplant me? Is that the plan? To kick me off and replace me with Scott? Well. Long term? Um, I'll just say last week went very well. <laughs> okay. So we did make jokes about him being your replacement. Uh, who would you get to replace me, David? Uh, there, I couldn't. There's no replacing you. So if I, if I die, BP is over. Uh, exactly. Okay. I like that. Finally, I feel... Do with that power what you will. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> if, I lo- if I don't like the way things are going, <laughs> yeah. I hold a gun to my head and exactly. say, you better do things my way, right. or it's the highway yeah. to hell. All right. Uh, before, we have, before we bring in our guest, we do have a guest. Um, we have uh, some bills to pay, so we'll start off. This episode is sponsored by Mubi. A curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There are a lot of great movies available right now. Among them, not sure about this pronunciation, I apologize in advance, Philip uh, Gronings... Into Great Silence. Oh, yeah. Uh, a haunting documentary about monks living in the French Alps. Now, David, you've seen this film, right? Yeah. As have I. It's three hours long. It's... I saw it at like 10 in the morning. Oh, boy. And here's the thing. You'd think I'd have a trouble staying awake, but it because it's about monks and nothing happens in it. Like, oh, yeah. And by the way, the, uh, monks who've taken a vow of silence. Yes. It's like, I might be exaggerating it three hours. It's like, but is it like two and a half, 240? It's, uh... Like yeah, yeah, I believe so. About two forty. Yeah, it's a very long movie that has almost no talking in it. Yeah, and I never once got bored or tired. It's a beautiful movie. It's gorgeous, and uh, so yeah, uh, that is available at Mubi dot com. Uh, there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi dot com. That's M U B I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. So, should we go ahead and bring in our guest? Sure. Um, now. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, the listener, know him from uh, Orange is the New Black and from Weeds. I know him from weddings, mostly. <laughs> um, please welcome to the show, Matt Peters. Hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm going to uh, make it. <laughs> now, I have to ask you because this is what I ask. My, since my wedding, yes. right? Every interaction I've had with anyone who's been at the wedding has essentially been a victory lap for me to brag about how much fun my wedding was. Oh, it was mm-hmm. great. It was a, a fun time, right? Fantastic time, yeah. Right? You did a, a lovely speech. Thank you. Yeah. You anticipated the question I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> but was it, but was mentally, it's like, hey, there, I've got a follow-up question, but I guess that'd be very gauche to ask. But thank you. That was, uh, yes, I was, uh, yeah. I was and it, yeah, very it was proud a, of it. A great uh, ceremony and a, a really cool venue and I had a really good time. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me and my wife. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've literally uh, I, I I met you um, because we happened to be seeing The Hangover Part Three at the same time. <laughs> right. Yeah. At that point, I had well, was already invited to your wedding. 
Uh-huh. So I met you for the second time at your at, wedding. Really? Okay. And then the third time at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If only... We're pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. David, if only you knew that when you first met Matt, that you would be seeing what was, in your opinion, one of the best films of the last 10 years that you will not shut up about. Hey, you're exaggerating a little bit, but I <laughs> I liked The Hangover Part 3 a lot. What did you think? That was pretty forgettable, actually. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I mean... Uh, the key was... is to know someone who won't let you forget it. That's <laughs> the key. I, 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 I'm an apologist for the entire Hangover trilogy, even the second one to a certain people extent. Sh- people shit on it, but I enjoyed the first one a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was even okay with the second one being sort of identical, you know. And, and it was nice that they changed it, changed it up a bit with the third one, and it was sweet, which was unexpected. But well, like when the kid gets his finger cut off, that's you're talking about that being sweet, (laughs) (laughs) or like when that uh, pig corpse gets splattered across that helm's face. Oh, I got it. That's the kind of. I guess I got to. I guess I got to see this movie. Every time you mention it, I haven't seen. I only saw the first one, which I kind of loved. Yeah, and I I didn't see the second one because I heard it was basically the same. The third one intrigued me though because it sounded like just a kind of a caper type movie. Yeah, it's more of an action comedy. Yeah, I didn't dislike it, but um. I could see how it would have disappointed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the definitive, like, it's over, right? Like, they're not going to make a fourth one. Uh, yeah, as far as I know. Okay. Um, there was some, in Entertainment Weekly recently, um, they were talking about uh, floating the idea of trying to get those three guys to do a cameo in Horrible Bosses 2. Ugh. I'm really glad that didn't happen. <laughs> as a way of like, Is that going to be a trilogy? Uh, it, uh, I don't know. Did it do I well? Seen the I, I, haven't, I haven't paid attention to the box office numbers. I don't think. I mean, I think it did fine. Comedies tend not to be like number one at the box office or anything like that. I think right, it did they fine. They don't cost as much as a right, Teenage right. Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. It's. I think it did fine. I saw the first Horrible Bosses and thought it was fine. It did feel like a blander okay. hangover. I enjoyed the first one, mm-hmm. and I. I'd planned on. I haven't gotten around to seeing the sequel, but I'm sure I will. Jennifer um, Aniston's really good in in that first one, and that, that sounds like I'm joking. I don't mean for that. She's. I enjoy her I, a I've lot. Been a yeah. fan, actually, of her. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> you ever seen The Good Girl? You know, yeah. I, did, I never did. I like her in that. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never did. I, 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 Mike White wrote that, right? Did he? Yeah, I think, I think so. Have. Um, the performances make, are really good, of course. Yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's weird in it. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel is really funny in it. Is she the, like, it's like a Walmart type thing. Is she the announcer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She has Mm -hmm. a lot of funny lines. I forgot that was her. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. That's a funny part. You know, it's so fascinating. There are movies that just are a big priority for, for probably the year that they come out, and then maybe a little bit afterwards, and then if you don't get around to it, it's gone forever from your mind. Yeah, like that's that how I feel about Good Girl right now. Well, that's we're in that time of year right now where it feels like, oh, there's awards buzz around. You know, it could be Jennifer Aniston again for Cake. Sure, It'd be like, oh, I got to see Cake. Jennifer Aniston's supposed to be good in it. If you don't see Cake by the time of the Independence Spirit Awards, you will probably never see it. Yeah, I feel like I plan to see it. Yeah, I like her, but yeah, that's exactly the kind of movie. I think that you're talking about. Uh, that is, that's perfect. And another one is, uh, I talked about it on the, the movie journal, journal was uh, The Homesman, right. which I wasn't super interested in seeing, but I do have this, they're not sponsoring us, 
But I'll say it anyway. I've got this thing called the Movie Pass, which enables you to go see movies for free once you pay well, it. Yeah, you pay for you, the pass. Yeah, but I've used it nine times. That has more than paid for the $35 I spent for it uh, uh, per month. It's great. Tell me about this Movie Pass. Oh, I can't. Okay, all right. They're not sponsoring us, so this was a free thing. I yeah, did. perhaps I, they will after I this. did apply for the affiliate program. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's $35 a month, and you can go and see any... Basically, one movie every 24 hours, and I believe you can't see the same movie twice, but... Really? It's, yeah, I found that out the hard way. Um, what did you try to see twice? Well... Well, I'll tell you. Well, <laughs> well I'll t- okay. <laughs> Wait, is this um, an online service? Uh, it is, and, what, and basically you download the app on your phone, you, you go to the theater that you're, where you're going to see the film, you activate it on your phone, they, they have you, give you a little credit card... And then you pay for it with that card, and everything goes through. It has to be a 2D movie, no 3D, and it, and it's at participating theaters. Most of them are participating. ArcLight is not. Sure. Um, but every AMC, a lot of Regency, uh, the Lemley theaters. So it's – and it's uh, nationwide. And so I have gotten use out of it nine times. That sounds fantastic. It's – it has re- – okay. It has reignited <laughs> my love of seeing movies in the theater. Because, I mean, we would see them at screenings and stuff, but those aren't in huge theaters. Uh, and I just – and movies are expensive, so I didn't see a lot of movies in the theater. But now that it's – that I'm only out time, yeah. uh, I will go and see almost any – if I've got some spare time, I'll go and see – not anything, but anything that even mildly interests me. And it's great, and I love it. I feel like I'm back in high school again when I saw everything in the theater. That is exciting. Yeah. So I'm happy for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, you would. You know what? You can be happy for yourself once well, you like sign up for a- the movie pass. <laughs> so, <laughs> it sounds well, like a good deal. I think I would, uh, I would uh, make use of that. And it works out very well for. Uh, so I said on the another movie that I talked about in this week's movie journal was Saving Christmas, uh-huh. uh, which I saw. That's. I'm sorry. I believe how it's being touted is Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, which right. I saw for my other podcast, More Than One Lesson, and we were going to bring a guest on, but he wasn't able to see it when we did, and I didn't want him to be out any money for seeing that horrible film. And so I said, oh, I'll just pay for it. So I met him at the theater, uh, but you I had already paid for it for me, and so I had to just go out of pocket for it. So I actually see? paid cash money to see Saving Christmas. You can buy more than one ticket. For a movie pass for one screening? Uh, no, okay. you cannot. So basically, you can get one ticket for that movie forever. Okay. So if you wanted to see it again, you'd have to pay for it. Uh, okay, so well, yeah, it's called Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. That is the name of the movie. Have you heard of this movie? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. But it's not, that's, he didn't direct it. Okay, here's... So, oh, there's so, so many things to so talk about. This he's a, but he's a co-writer. But I'm saying... He and the director oh. wrote it. If, <laughs> if we're subscribing to the auteur theory... Okay. And the movie should be referred to <laughs> as Darren Doan's Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Okay, right? if, here's the thing. Having seen the film, the credits, it says Saving Christmas, not Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. That's clearly th- a thing they're doing for publicity. Okay. Uh, Darren Doan, I believe, this he was, I directed it. I believe he co-wrote it. And Stars he acts in it, yes, with Kirk Cameron. But when the, fil- when the f- film is over... First credit that comes up, executive producer Kirk Cameron. So it's like, okay, I see how so this. It sounds goes. like you know a lot about this. Yeah, why do you know uh, so much? I I run a Christian podcast, so I have to know. I would like to see it. Uh, I mean, because it it's a uh, sounds like it's a bit of a fiasco. So, uh, are you normally drawn to that kind of? 
Sure. Like, well, so bad it's good type of thing. Well, then, I don't know. Not necessarily, but this one sounds exceptional. It's it's something special. Yeah. Because it is such a horrendous misfire. And don't get me wrong, Christian films by and large are pretty awful. Um, but this one is... Re- but they've also occasionally made steps here and there just a, just a little bit. They're still awful. But it's like, oh, they cast real actors this time. That's ex- that's exciting. Um, this one is just shocking. What I do find peculiar about the premise, it's apparently a celebration of uh, excess. Yeah. Right? That's the whole point. And that the the character he's trying to... Kirk Cameron is is celebrating excess. And Does then, his character have a name other than Kirk Cameron? No, his name is Kirk Cameron. Is that it true? Is? Yes. <laughs> And he's and he's talking to his brother-in-law, played again by the director, but the brother is not brother-in-law's character's name. Do you know what it is? I don't. Christian. Christian. Oh. See, and so he, it's he plays a Christian, but he's just um, he's sour on the idea that uh, Christmas has become commercialized, right? <sighs> That's when correct, I isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When I describe this movie to people, I say, and when I was first telling David about it. Um, I, I seem to recall you said, oh, is it like a war on Christmas thing? The answer is no. Yeah. I almost wish it was that. <laughs> because at least then we're getting into like Charlie Brown Christmas territory. The idea of like Christmas is not about what it used to be about. I wish it was that. This is this weird monstrosity. I apologize for being so animated. I'm not, I'm not usually. But we've, di- we've ventured into an area that gets me very passionate, which is saving Christmas, not the concept of the movie. Um, the concept, <laughs> we got to get it away from uh, all these happy holidays people, but um, <laughs> joking, of course. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just, I thought it was going to be the war on Christmas thing. No, it's literally saying, hey, because uh, the, the, the brother-in-law is talking about, like, you know, I look at all the presents under the tree. I look at all the money we spend on decorations, and I wonder, you know, how many wells could that have dug? How many children could that have fed? That's great! <laughs> That's a nice sentiment. Yeah. It's a great – and a, at Christmas time, really, wonderful. How much does it cost to dig a well? It's like the overhead for well digging is like a shovel. Like you could, like it doesn't cost Plus that much. Labor. A shovel right, and right. and hours. depending on how deep, uh, perhaps a rope ladder. Right. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, and so it's just uh, so that's the thing. All right, not a t- and that's the thing. If the film were about that, this this idea of hey, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, all men, all the earth, let's do what we can this Christmas. Then all right, it it could still be clunky as hell, but all right, no, it's saying don't worry about that. Instead, recognize that the Christmas tree and presents and all these, they're all symbolic of like this Christian thing. It's like, okay, so you're saying we should, instead of doing the charitable thing, instead just really pour into all of the excessive Christmas stuff and then just impose a Christian symbolism upon it. That's a pretty terrible message. Yeah. I can't like, here's the thing. Um, okay. So we did on my other podcast, we did an episode about God's not dead. And the reason that we did is because it made a lot of money. Saving Christmas is not going to make a lot of money, but it's message is so horrendous that I felt like we had a responsibility to talk about it. It it, won't make a lot of money because a lot of those movies produced by 
Christian production companies have been doing really well. Yes, but it's a limited engagement. So like, it's it, like two week, it, it was two weeks. Uh, so it's it, done. It's done. It's like two weeks in in certain areas. Uh, like, for example, in the Los Angeles area, it was only in, I think, two theaters. Uh, and then it has expanded. So it's not. Re- it's now in sort of the outskirts of Los Angeles. So you could travel if you wanted to go see it. Uh, so they're taking it around like a, like a like tent a revival. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like an old so, drive-in yeah. movie, yeah. But yeah, also it's just, it's. I don't think it's going to make the type of money that God's Not Dead did. Like, that. that's a film that because I'm friends with, certain people on Facebook and stuff. I saw a lot about God's Not Dead. I'm not seeing anything about Saving Christmas. It's just It just didn't have the publicity push well, that, uh, that except for Kirk Cameron telling everybody to give it a good review on Rotten Tomatoes, which backfired. Right. That's yeah. how I found out about it okay. and, and what got me interested in it. Is, yeah. It's a real, it's, uh, go and see it if you can. Here's, here's the thing, though. Uh, I went with my co-host, and for a few minutes, we were the only ones in the theater. And He's I not t- talking about me. He's oh, my other co-host. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> I got that. I got that. So, uh, I, for the listener, it would be weird if that's how Tyler and I referred to each other on the show. Oh, yeah. Like my, <laughs> my esteemed co-host. <laughs> um, but, uh, and so, ahead of time, you know, we don't talk during movies, but ahead of time, I said, hey, by the way, if we're the only ones in the theater, I might have a thing or two to say. <laughs> and he's like, that's fine. That's fine with me. And so, we were the only ones in the theater for a while, and we we're like, all right, okay. Things are looking good. This is not going to be as painful because we're, we're at least able to say something. And then in walks this guy, and it's like, son of a bitch. Now I have to be respectful because who knows? He may, right. he may be seeing this sincerely. He and might know Kirk Cameron. He might know Kirk Cameron. Hey. Uh, Who's to say? Yeah. But It's anyway. been a while since I've seen a movie have that had that happen where I'm the only person in a theater. The last time it happened was the comedy starring uh, Tim Heidecker. Tim Heidecker. Uh, which is a fantastic movie, mm-hmm. and um, I I was kind of glad that I was the only person in there because some of the stuff that made me laugh out loud I didn't have to feel guilty about. <laughs> did that? Play, or did you see it's in a family? Um, no, I. It was actually. <laughs> this sounds weird. It was a press screening in which multiple people RSVP'd, and I was literally the only person who showed up Man, to the press screening. That's too bad. It's a really. It's great. Great. Movie. Yeah, it made my top ten last year or two years ago. Two years ago, I think. His yeah. follow up is going to be at Sundance this year. Oh yeah, in competition. What's it called? Entertainment. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, nice. Neil Hamburger. Oh right. boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, How could we? Who could we? Whom could we incorporate to make this even more painful? Oh, well, Neil he's Hamburger. In, he's there in a comedy, but he's not yeah, a yeah. character. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Turkington. Um, what is, what's his real name again? Greg Turkington. That's it. Yes. Yes. Um, but I also saw Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs alone because it was like it had been out for like five weeks mm-hmm. and it was like a Thursday night. Like literally, it was the last night that it was playing yeah. at the movie theater at the Beverly Center, which I don't even think is open anymore. Um, and I was the only person in there and I literally just got to laugh like, uh, like Max Katie, like Max Katie and <laughs> in, Cape Fear. That's our go-to. Fear. Just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, no complete abandon. When I saw that, when, when Josh and I went and saw the homesman, uh, we were the only ones in the theater. It was a 10 PM show, which, okay. uh, seems, I don't know. There are certain movies that I feel like, what you're not going to make your money on that 10 PM show. You should probably <laughs> just close the theater at nine. Was that at the Sundance Cinemas? No, it was at uh, the Lemley uh, in Encino. So. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't been the there. The trailer for that looked great. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, as listeners know this uh, already, but it's got the acting is superb, as one would assume. Tommy Lee Jones has a fantastic mustache. Boy. It makes you wonder why he doesn't have it all the time. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and it's also like a more extroverted performance than we usually see from him. 
which is very exciting. And then uh, Hillary Swank is, of course, great. But I tell you, uh, so a uh, listener, by the way, we're going to be doing the uh, the BPs again this year. And I'm not uh, it that. what was that? You have, you have the emphasis wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, the BPs. The BPs. Pardon me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and uh, we're going to continue with the uh, the best cameo category, though we are calling it a different name now. Yeah, it well, is now. Oh, you're announcing that now? Yeah. It is now. Oh, yeah, indeed. Uh, it is now the Bruce McGill Award for best performance under 15 minutes. And so uh, inspired by Bruce McGill's performance in The Insider. So, uh, and as one would expect, Tim Blake Nelson shows up for about four or five minutes in The Homesman and is marvelous. Huh. He doesn't do enough stuff. He's great. Well, I know. He could also qualify for that same award for Kill the Messenger. Which I didn't see. And isn't that great. So he probably won. But in terms of screen time. He's, he's a guy that yeah. you bring in because I, I wasn't a big fan of Syriana, but he's in it for probably 10 minutes total and has this wonderful monologue about corruption. He's a... Uh, He's a good pinch hitter, it would appear. Right. Like yeah. you, you get him in there, and uh, he'll he'll deliver every time. Um, yeah, I saw Blue Caprice for the first time the other night. I did not see it. How I was saw it? that. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, and Isaiah Washington, who I've, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. The who's the lead, and it's based on the you know the story of the DC sniper. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen really him in something. He was in Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy who <laughs> he threatens to tussle with uh, yeah. Jennifer Lopez. He comes onto her in a sort of sexually aggressive way. No. He talks okay. about tussling. He uses the he, word tussle like he wears maybe a, a dozen times. He wears like a fireman's jacket in the That's film. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> to keep warm. It's very strange. Yeah. He's also in Grey's Anatomy. You ever watch Grey's Anatomy? I'm not. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know I'm from Grey's Anatomy, but I'm not familiar with the show. And now I think he's on the CW's The 100. Ooh. I want to say. familiar with that. <laughs> Uh, what did you think of Blue Caprice? I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a little slow at first, but uh, you know, once they uh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, everybody. Once the, kind of they get going. Mm. Yeah. Once, once they, he makes once they get a good mission to start killing. Yeah. Once they get a random good people, you're like, all right. Um, <laughs> breakneck breakneck speed. <laughs> so uh, now, when was the last time you were in a movie theater alone or with you know one party? In a movie theater? Yeah. Uh, well, my wife and I generally go once a week, probably. Maybe once every two weeks. Nice. Um, the la- I think the last thing was the was Mockingjay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Yeah. I-, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did. I've enjoyed that entire series. Me too. And I didn't expect to at all. I, again, me too. <laughs> yeah. I That but, that first film, as, as listeners know, uh, I thought was... There's a lot of world building stuff that I love, and I and the characters I like a lot. Uh, the the style in which it was made didn't I didn't like it that much. But then the second film comes along, and that second film I I just recently rewatched the second film actually, and uh, thought it was marvelous. Yeah, it's incredibly dark for a series where the demo is young adults. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's it's a lot like, especially the first one's a lot like Battle Royale and Running Man, mm-hmm. and those are both right. Rated R, but and the the third one, despite not having games, does not lack for innocent people getting mowed down. You know, a lot of innocent people get killed. Sure, uh, there's a lot of corpses in that thing. Yeah, there's uh, people walk uh, people walk around on skeletons and such. That's pretty rough. Yeah, the most disturbing thing, and I saw it at a packed theater with a very small child immediately behind me. Uh Uh, I 
can we give spoilers? Uh, sure. I think this it's been sure a couple weeks. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, Josh Hutcherson is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when when he's revealed at the end there and uh, he freaks out. Yeah. The kid behind me was startled. Like it was really. <laughs> I was but just like, oh, like, I how old should you... not be here. Yeah. She was like six. Jesus. Uh, I I remember when I saw uh, at the Vista Theater. I saw um, Watchmen. Uh, oh yeah. And there was a guy behind me who had his kid. And now you heard a lot of people. There were a lot of stories at the time about people like not realizing that Watchmen. They think. Oh, it's a superhero movie that they think it's like Spider Man. That a lot of people taking their kids and being shocked at the sex and violence in Watchmen. Uh, that was not the case in this point. This kid, this guy, was telling his young, like nine year old kid, "Here's who Doctor Manhattan is. Here's who Rorschach." Like giving him the backstory. Uh, so intentionally taking his young young child to see Watchmen. That was weird. That's that's a re- <laughs> that's really something special. <laughs> yeah. Just this idea of you know uh, almost like a character like comic book guy from The Simpsons, right. but because geeky is kind of cool now he now has children and uh and is happily married but still doesn't quite translate out that maybe this isn't right for your kids right. also the mythology i don't think they're going to be able to follow that uh, <laughs> i have a fun uh analog analogy kind of experience oh, with the movie um but with a girlfriend uh-huh. and i wasn't like when I was watching movies when i was like uh 13 12 13 a lot of the movies that i was watching were very fucked up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like trauma movies and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But one in particular was I Spit on Your Grave. Uh-huh. <laughs> the original one. It's a terrible movie. It's really disturbing and disheartening. And for some reason, I was dating a girl who I thought might like it because it was she liked fucked up stuff. And I remember getting like 20 minutes into it and she just goes like, she just looked at me like right in the eyes and goes, uh, why, why are you making me watch this? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm really sorry. We don't have to do this. We stopped it. And I was just like, I should check myself every now and again. I haven't seen that movie since. I have a, a similar story. Because that's the perfect age when you're getting into film. Mm-hmm. And the other people your age aren't. Mm-hmm. And not to, not to look down on that choice. It's just a simple Statement of fact that have, they're not getting read, into movies the way quick, you are. Have either of you read Mindy Kaling's book? No. No. Um, she has a part that I think is because we're all like, if you're a comedian and we're comedy nerds. We probably have all had this experience that she really speaks to because everyone likes comedy. And Mindy Kaling talks about being at a certain age in middle school where every, like, an experience that every comedy nerd has where you realize that you like comedy more than other people like comedy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of, <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, that Saturday Night Live sketch was funny. We can stop talking about it now. Uh, and I feel like the same thing probably happens to movie people. I think so. And yeah, I definitely had to, uh, It wasn't I Spit on Your Grave, but I tried to. I, I had a high school girlfriend that I forced to watch 2001, which is obviously not <laughs> offensive in the way that yeah. I Spit on Your Grave is, yeah. but it's not an easy afternoon at the same time. Uh, anyway. In a different way. I was on a triple date. Uh, Wait, you and three ladies. Oh yeah. Was this an episode of Eliminate? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but that's the thing. No, you know, nobody knew about each other, so I was running from room to room. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, changing ties. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came out with a British accent once, <laughs> uh, but it was with the wrong girl. So um, <laughs> but no, and so uh, so it was three couples, and we were hanging out at the mall, and then we were going to go home and uh, going to watch a movie together. 
And it was my job because I worked at Video Update at the time. And so I could get the movie for free. It was my job to go and rent the movie. (laughs) I don't know how the hell I arrived. So I'm like 16 at this point. So Uh at this point, just film in general is so amazing to me that it doesn't occur to me that, A, the idea of anything older than five years is out. Right, right. Something black and white, certainly out. Those ideas do not occur to me. So how I arrived at double indemnity (laughs) is beyond me. I don't know. uh, But I said, like, oh, no, it's, like, really great. Like, it's, you know, like, the the dialogue's really great, and it's just so much fun to watch. It's also kind of funny sometimes, but it's really dark. So I'm describing that, and you know what? To my friend's credit, they decided they were going to give it a go. We lasted, I'm going to say, seven minutes before everyone just started talking. And then I was like, hey, can we not talk? And then I realized, oh, they're talking because nobody except me is interested, and I've already seen it. So, uh, so yeah, we just... Uh, How old were you then? I was like 16. Were you like, I'm going to dive into the film noir? Uh, yeah, about a year uh, for about a year. Because I think I had probably at that point seen Dumb Indemnity like maybe six months before. And it, would, and it blew me away. And I thought it was just amazing. And so, uh, but yeah. And then, uh, and I tried to, and then there was a time that I lent Dr. Strangelove to a friend. And they just did not understand why, with the occasional exception, because there's some stuff. There's some humor in there that I think is fairly universal, but for the most part, they didn't understand why this was funny, especially because it takes so long. So much of it is deadpan, Mm -hmm. uh, and it takes so long to get to kind of the zany comedy, uh, not that there is a lot, but um, that there's like, why did, you know, almost in the same way, like, why why did you lend this to me? Why why are you doing this to me? Yeah. (laughs) So it's a, it's a strange moment. a lot sicker. And I think oh, no question about <laughs> yeah, it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We're trying to like come up with stories that compare. Well, like, yeah, nothing. Yeah. yeah. No, no you look like a jerk yeah. and I feel really bad. You keep it. trying to like hold her hand while, you know, put your armor, do the yawn and put your arm around her. This is like years <laughs> after I had seen it and she was into John Waters and stuff. So it's like, oh, it's like a gross out movie. Like it's not, it's a rape movie. Yeah. And. You know, Most gals she, don't like them. If she's into John Waters, that at least gives you a little bit of permission. To, that'll give, gives you some like wiggle room, I think. Because yeah. like, if you, maybe she, had she seen Pink Flamingos? Sure. Yeah. There you go. There's some pretty rough stuff. There's no, no okay. Admittedly, there's no horrendous rape. <laughs> right. But I believe they do kill a chicken while putting it in between them when they're having sex. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen Pink Flamingos since high school because I don't think that's one you need to watch over and over again. I don't know. Yeah, you pretty much got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not peeling away layers of Pink Flamingos. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know what? I'll give you something of a pass. Thank you. Because you think it. she's at least thinking out I've been out of the box for a little redemption bit. Yeah, for like. 15 years, yeah. so I appreciate it. Yeah, you're not as bad a person as you seem to think you are. You're fine. Uh, that's it's funny that you mentioned Double Indemnity, though, because I remember, uh, I, I must have been like 19, going to a, a party where a guy was playing and expecting the people at the party to watch uh, The Big Sleep. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're, you, this isn't going to go well. Yeah. This will be a disappointing night yeah. for you. People, uh-huh. la- people laughed at his choice. Oh, that uh, poor man. I just want to hug but him. But these people were open to watching a movie at the party. They just didn't want to watch. The I don't think sleep. anybody ever is. Yeah. 
Because that reminds me of the story. Display it over. Um, I know the story you're yeah, about to when tell. When Tyler and I moved out of the, one of the places we lived in together in Chicago, uh, I threw um, the only real like rager I've ever thrown. I think, and it turned into a pretty crazy party. Uh, it was a great time. I'm still kind of proud that I was able to, because I, you know, not a very popular kid, but the fact that I was able to throw uh, a real bash was great. But I also. Like the, that afternoon, the day before, I went down to because our landlord lived in the building. He was always very nice. He's very nice, a bit yeah. awkward. Yeah, but um, I went down and I knocked on his door. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Like he once let me paint the front and back stairwells in lieu of paying rent for two months. That's a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was on our side. Yeah, nice guy. So, but I went and I told him, I was like, so we're gonna have a party tomorrow night. Just you know, wanted to let you know, and also you know, if you want to stop by. And he was like, oh, cool. Oh, this story makes me so sad, Dave. <laughs> this was, I'm trying to think what year this was. This must have been 2005. Um, yeah, I guess it was. Two, no, no, it was. If we were moving, we moved out in 2005. Yeah, it was 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Okay, so he, he shows up well into the party with a DVD-R Damn it. of a bootleg copy of Star Wars Episode Three because it was it had come out in theaters but not out of video yet. And he like, I, I'm trying to tell this in a way that I feel like like he's a sweet guy. I don't want to sound like I'm making fun of like him. Like filmed in the theater bootleg. It must like, have been. I, I don't uh, know because we <clears throat> didn't end up putting it in. But he like, I think he showed up being like, I'm gonna be the life of the party here. I've got this thing that no one else can have, uh, and we're just just a, an apartment full of drunk 19 and 20 year olds. And it's very loud. Yeah, uh, no one. Yeah. could have cared. And he like, I felt so bad being like, oh, that's cool, but I don't think it's that kind of yeah. party. He would feel. I just wanted to, because like I was there yeah. for a while, and and I just wanted to hug him. Even to, <laughs> yeah. even this, like I want to look him up and say I'm so sorry. And I, it, it wasn't even my party, Call but him. I just <laughs> we we should look him up. Absolutely, yeah. See, yeah. Um, now we said before we recorded, I said we were going to do some interview stuff. We're here for half an hour, and we haven't gotten to know our guest. Oh, I think oh, that fine. that I spit on your grave story. I think we know everything we <laughs> oh, need man, to know. Oh, man, I don't want that to. <laughs> yeah, so where are you from? Originally Virginia. <clears throat> yeah, what part? Uh, I was born in Richmond, um, and I grew up in. I've been there. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, what, you think you're better than me? I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up in Winchester. Have you been there? I've never been to Winchester. Yeah. Mm. I was gonna. I was about to say no reason to go. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, how about this? No reason to necessarily leave, but no reason to actually go. A lot of people stay. Okay, there That's you go. For sure. Is it inland? Um, yes. Okay. It bo- it's on the border of West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Um, top of Virginia. That's what they say. Top of Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Like as a greeting, like top of Virginia to you. <laughs> right. Everybody wears a hat. <laughs> uh, I, t- I-, I I toured the Capitol building in Richmond. Okay. I, I like to do that. If I'm ever in a state capitol, I like to tour the capitol building. I like them. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a capitol building nerd, but I do. I don't like to pa- pass through a capitol without seeing the capitol building. Have that, you been to the one in Louisiana, Baton Rouge? I've never been to Baton Rouge. I've been to New Orleans many times, but never to Baton Rouge. I did that on my honeymoon. Oh, yeah. You did. Uh, you, your honeymoon was a like you, you went to Louisiana and then honeymooned it back. Is that right? No, we uh, we flew into New Orleans. Right. We were there for a week, and then we rented a car and kind of drove along the Gulf Coast. Okay, but you didn't come all the way back. No. Okay. Back I just uh, I, I I I experienced it third hand via Instagram. 
<laughs> because that's, <laughs> that's how, how it was his that's how we all experience everyone's <laughs> lives now, yeah, yeah right like yeah like when i went to new orleans i went to mardi gras and in a way so did everyone who follows me on instagram right yeah, that's how it works. Now, now I don't follow you on Instagram. I don't. I don't. I don't use Instagram. So yeah. you know, I just. I just had to hear your stories and just look at your enthusiasm and get it from that. <laughs> that is vivid enough. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and be like, I got it. Um, well, I could talk about New Orleans all day, but that would probably yeah. bore the uh, listeners. Baton Rouge, left not the just Capitol them building. <laughs> that's all. I would say. <laughs> 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 has really nothing to do with my growing up. <laughs> It was only a year ago. Um, when did you um, did you move straight from Virginia to Los Angeles? Uh, no. Okay. Um, after college, I uh, I moved to New Co- York. College is in Virginia. I'm sorry. I like yes, to, yes, I like I to have to a James Madison. Okay. In Harrisonburg, Virginia. I actually keep a map of where all our guests went to college. Yeah, yeah. we got a little Better push pin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, after college, uh, I moved to New York. I moved there five days before nine eleven, wow. so it pretty quickly went to shit. Yeah, um, and then moved back home by January. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. So uh, and then I was home for two years and was depressed and drunk. Uh, and then my brother moved out here, and he knew that I wanted to do. I went out to New York with the intention of starting comedy, but I could never. I was too much of a coward. And then uh, when my brother moved out here, it was like, you got to come out here and get started. So that's what I did. And so... uh, 10 years ago. So at what point did you become interested? Because you're, you know, comedian, actor, do you you identify as one more than the other at this point? Well, acting is paying me. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's nice. But I I think I identify certainly. Like all my friends are comedians. Okay. So that is my world, I think. So at what like roughly when did you become interested in comedy as a uh let's start with in general and then move into like then as a thing that you maybe wanted to pursue Um pretty early on I think for some reason when I was like 4 years old I was obsessed with Eddie Murphy hmm. and was not old enough to be able to watch any of his yep. stuff <laughs> Yep But I was I think I was just aware that he People liked them so much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I moved to Winchester when I was in fourth grade or whatever, uh, I watched that that cable, the cable that we got there had, what was at the time, Ha. Ha, ha yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think shortly after it turned into the comedy channel. But I would watch that all day. And I just became really familiar with um, comedians and then became obsessed with, uh, kids in the hall. Mm. So that sort of got the ball rolling. And then later on became obsessed with Mr. Show and all that stuff. Yeah, so it is, it is, uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to ask if you're, you know, if you're very uh, secretive about it, but how old are you? I'm 35. 35. Okay. So a few, uh, a couple years older than, than we are, but that's, oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's a little spike in audio there that right. uh, I'm sure nobody yeah. was expecting. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, Edit that out. Comedy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so that's uh, – the Ha Network was so fascinating because I was fairly – you know, I was fairly young when we got cable and I discovered – oh, there's – because I, I don't think I knew 
that comedy was a was different than other things. I everything was one thing to me when I was like six. You know, um, I knew that there were some things that were maybe scarier than other things, like in TV and what movies. Do you mean, like, oh, it, okay, you mean there was no such thing as genres? Yeah, but and you know, when I was you reluctant. Say everything was one thing. You mean like. You didn't get like you clouds and frying pans the, mixed up. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Here's the thing. My my stupid bullshit film critic thing, I did not want to say genre because you and I say that comedy is not a genre. Oh, right. So, right. but yes, that's basically what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I would have known that I like comedy. Uh-huh. It's just a, I liked everything, and I, but I also like to laugh, but I never thought that that was a separate thing. And then you watch Ha, and they had... MST3K, mm-hmm. and they had uh, they had stand up comedians and short attention span theater and stand up stand up and all those things. Yeah, and uh, a lot of interstitials. Yeah, yeah fish heads. Did you ever watch fish heads? The the music video. The music video. They showed that's. I first became aware of that music video on the Ha Network. I remember being, when I was very young. MTV used to play that song a lot. Okay. Like Dr. Demento stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Dr. Demento is responsible for making that song popular. Okay, yes, that's, yeah. yeah. And I and I actually didn't see, uh, I don't think I had MTV, uh, but I had the Ha Network and they played it a couple times yeah, on there. I'd, I'd say that television is probably my third parent. Hmm. That sounds shitty to say out loud. I <laughs> take it back, but I just watched a lot of it. And yeah. I remember when I was really young, Waking up, like back when when you would wake up before six a.m. and you the uh, your TV would just be bars. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd wake up during that and get excited for whatever for your programming day to start. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, stupid. Yeah. Uh, here's a fun thing for the table. Uh, okay, David, you can weigh in if you like. Um, apparently, because I've been out of touch about this thing. For so long, apparently Saturday morning cartoons aren't a thing anymore. I've heard that. Is that? And I don't. I assume there are cartoons on Saturday morning. Yeah, I think what they mean is the idea of like the network block. Okay. Of Saturday morning, you know, you would watch Saturday morning cartoons, and then it would end when like. Well, then it would bleed into live action when there would be like Saved by the Bell type of stuff. Yes. Yes. And then it would be something serious, and you'd be like, "All right, I guess it's time to do chores or go outside or whatever." Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a thing anymore because there are networks that just show cartoons all the time yeah i remember that was uh, the big thing for me saturday morning cartoons sure x-men batman the whole deal i we, I, I have no idea what they air in its place now yeah probably more things similar to saved by the bell whatever uh, it's I'm been not, so long since i've like been awake drama <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um it's been yeah, a, i think it, maybe i'll get up this saturday morning okay and, you do that uh, report back to us. I'll let yeah. you guys know. Absolutely. Oh, actually, I have plans. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm doing this Saturday? My some friends and I are uh, watching all three Lord of the Rings, like you and I did all those years ago. You mean like oh. we did two weeks ago? <laughs> no, no uh, but like, but we didn't really watch, as uh, as has no. been pointed out to us. We weren't really watching. We did, uh, Matt. I don't know if you know that we recently sat through all three Lord of the Rings theatrical edition. Yeah, the real ones. Uh, and we recorded a, a marathon commentary with guests coming in and out over yes. the course of the day. And uh, listeners, you can buy that on the website for either $4 a movie or the recommended uh, method, $10 for all three 
this uh, is just the audio, right? Yeah, just yeah, the yeah, audio. There being and so the idea is you legal put it issues in, involved with into, it. Yes, yes. Yes. You, so you put it. Uh, you put your uh, DVD copy of the theatrical editions of Lord of the Rings into the DVD player and hit play at the same like time. Like riff tracks. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, we try to downplay that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're not making fun of it. We're sometimes being serious, and sometimes we're talking about things that have nothing to do with Lord of the Rings. We do get serious. It depends on who we uh, who we have well, as a guest. I'm yes. told we did a lot of dicking around. I have, we got a complaint uh, yes. about the dicking around. <laughs> yeah. So we gave that, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so you're doing it again. Yeah, uh, this time the, the the extended edition. Okay. And that's the thing is after your uh, crazy party with people having sex on the back stairwell that we only found out about later, um, not you. Uh, and then, and I think that probably happened after they burst into my bedroom not knowing I was trying to sleep there. And uh, oh, is, I had we're going to say, back to the party with yeah, yeah. with our landlord. Yeah. Yes. So was, yeah, it came into the room and I was like, "Hey, someone's in here," <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, all right." And uh, so, so hit, hit the stairwell. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. There's nobody back there. Why don't you do the really sleazy thing and just go do that? And uh, wasn't there somebody drunk, uh, pa- passed out in the bushes? Oh yeah. Apparently, my girlfriend at the time um, went because there was some sort of drama with her friend. They went down to the front sidewalk to have a little, like, to have it out. Mm-hmm. And midway through their argument, some guy, like, woke up and stood out, out of the stood up out of the bush they were next to. <laughs> Can you guys keep it down? Yeah, exactly. There's somebody in here. Um, but, yeah, uh, shortly after that, you, me, and our roommate, Cole, uh, I believe the night before you guys moved out of the apartment officially, uh-huh. uh, we watched all three extended edition Lord of the Rings in one day. And so... Uh, and we actually watched. We weren't commenting throughout. Right. And so I feel like the commentary was not an we actual not watch. Word. Not a word. For 12 hours. That's true. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was closer to 13. But yeah. Um, and so I'm doing that again tomorrow. Uh, sorry, Saturday. That's neither here nor there. My question is for Matt. So you're, you're, to go back, so you're, you're enjoying comedy. You th- you, and Eddie Murphy especially. Were there any other comedians that as you were – sort of growing up, you could point to them and say, that is something special. I really like that as well. Yeah, I met, mentioned uh, Kids in the Hall and right. Mr. Show. The, or huge. Okay, but Both as far as like stand-ups, happen. anybody uh, jump out at you? Yeah, uh, Dana Gould. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, him especially. Um, and David Cross. Okay. Um, a lot of the people that I'm you know, still fond of today. Yeah. Pretty neat. And so, uh, what were you, were you able to find like an outlet, a comedy outlet in high school or did that kind of have to wait for college? Uh, I was a bit of a, a character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, there's no outlet. Um, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't even do drama or anything like that in high school. I wanted to, but I was too shy and i i wasn't interested in in musicals and I, that's what they were doing predominantly yeah that's what they do yeah <laughs> um my drama club did one of each a year yeah we did we did a we uh, did i think two musicals and a play every year oh. i was in i did i had a small part in my high school's production of lil abner uh-huh. <laughs> um which and you yeah, didn't I'm fall not, in love with I, I, I haven't bothered to keep it on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fall in love with the theater after that? No. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because it's 
it's like the Rushmore thing. I I, I was just like, why don't they do Serpico? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah I remember uh, in my own. I'm sorry. We keep you keep bringing up things that uh, that uh, remind me of stories. I remember in high school, I was really pushing for us to do Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and I even like doing the first act of it at, in a one act competition. Uh, I even went through and like edited the first act of the of the script uh, and cleaned cut, it up and cleaned it up and cut it down so that it would fit into thirty five minutes. And it was not terrible. I mean, there are a couple things where if you know the script, you know like this is not a great uh, uh, replacement word. But uh, <laughs> you know, um, like when. <laughs> When Ricky Roma says, I guess this is in the second half, so thankfully I didn't have to worry about that. But, you know, there's a part where someone says, like, you stupid fucking cunt. And it's like, I don't know what I would put in place of that. Um, it's like, you moron. That's not going to work as well. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that did not fly. We instead did uh, Wait, I mean, couldn't you just say, you stupid freaking cunt? Exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I see what you did. That's fun. <laughs> comedy. Uh, see, man, that's comedy. You should recognize yeah. that when you see it. I'll write it down. So in co- so in college, that's is that when that's when you uh, that's when you bloomed as a comedian. Well, I hadn't started performing until I moved out here. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, which is a, stupid to do. If anybody is young and wants to get into comedy, don't start in L.A. I figured that out years after having done that. that and uh, that's interesting because I have heard. Uh, not necessarily the opposite advice, but I've heard that this is a very great place to start just because there's so many open mics and such. Yeah, um, but I think there's a lot to be said for the kind of first impressions you make. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the people that are kind of go on to become successful at stand-up, and I'm not in that group, mm-hmm. um, you know, or started in a place like Chicago and mm-hmm. and had like – really well-defined acts by the time they came out here and they, everybody knew who they were when they came out here. Hmm. But it, so starting somewhere else, the stakes are a little bit lower. You're not, you have a bit more room to find out who, what you're yeah, on stage. A, yeah. yeah. You, you, it's a risk to grow here. I think hmm. <clears throat> at least in, in the early stages. But I mean, I, I only say that like, I, I think I mean that more in a professional sense rather than a creative sense. Mm-hmm. Because there are plenty of people that I started out with that started here as well that are, I think are great, you know. But I think the if you want to be smart, uh, it's probably best to start elsewhere. Hmm. Do uh, have you per, have you performed uh, elsewhere, like in the like in the Midwest or, or like on the road or anything no, like that? No, not really. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you, did, you did some time in Baton Rouge yeah. on your on the honeymoon. Um, <clears throat> not really. I mean, here and there, but okay. I don't really look to do it and it's more complicated now with you know being married and stuff like that hmm. being pretty settled um yeah I'm, I'm not really looking to tour too much okay but you're also working uh regularly as an actor at this point yeah uh how did that uh and actually we film in new york so oh that is that does true? involve traveling hmm. yeah i didn't realize that yeah that's um, weird has I it, live has here it work there has it settled down a bit since uh since you last lived there <laughs> I have to assume every <laughs> we're doing the show in the wake of nine eleven. That's how <laughs> that's how it feels. Um, um, it's I mean I 
I, I'm more comfortable. It's it's <laughs> nice because I don't feel like I live there. I just had it. Yeah, I'm over that experience. Fair enough. I've grown. It was a long uh, time ago. Can I ask about Orange is the New Black or Orange is the New Black, as I like to say? I like to pronounce the orange as two syllables, which is correct. Um, <laughs> what is this look on Tyler's face? I didn't. I, I guess when you first said it, I didn't uh, piece together that you had said orange. Orange. Is that how you said it the first time? I think my natural is that a St. Louis St. Louis accent makes me want to say orange as one syllable. Orange, yeah. Oh, that is orange. That is yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That is off-putting. I don't like that yeah, at but all. It's orange. I have to. There's a lot of things about my na- native Midwestern accent that I've worked out over the years. Yeah, but there are some some things that are very stubborn, and it has been a bitch this fall because there's a movie called Gone Girl that I can't not say Gone Girl. Oh if yeah. I, if I don't think about it before I say it, if I'm just talking about the movie, I say Gone Girl. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, very it's been, Midwestern. It's been a while since I since I have uh, heard your dad speak, but that is very much your dad, <laughs> yeah. Gone Girl. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but about Orange is the New Black, you were on Weeds. <laughs> so now you're gonna laugh at my. Or in St. Louis, they say Weds. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I mean, if I was really going to go full St. Louis, it would be orange, not orange. Orange, yes, yeah, that's... Orange, it would be yeah. the St. Louis way of pronouncing it. Orange, A-R-N-G. Orange yeah. is the new plan. Um, <laughs> so did, uh, did working on weeds directly lead to Orange is the New Black? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, did Gingy Corn... I did an audition. That's what I was going nice. to ask. Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> do people still say that? <laughs> um, uh yeah, I was very lucky. She's very, very, very nice to me. Um, How did you? Because you didn't even. You said that you hadn't even done like any major drama or or theater or anything like that. I mean, how did you? How did you come to? Because you said you're a very shy person. Um, how did you come to start auditioning as an actor? It's funny, um, and I don't recommend people go this route if they want to become an actor either. I was a, uh, I was a PA on weeds for, for years. Interesting. And, uh, one of the writers on the show, this guy, Chris Offit, who's, uh, he wrote for TV only a few years. Uh, he's a, a novelist and he's fantastic. He's really great. Chris Offit. He, uh, <clears throat> he was like, I, 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 there's a part that you should audition for. And I think, uh, Jinji was on board with it. So, um, the part that I auditioned for was uh, a uh, uh, an anti-abortion protester sort of kind of manic character. Hmm. And I think she thought I could do it just because she knew that I did comedy. And I'd been doing, like, sketch stuff. Yeah. And, and, and short films and stuff like that. But nothing all that serious. But I got, I got the audition. And I think it is, you know, fair. I did a decent job in the audition. They gave me the part, and then um, they liked what I did enough to give that character a little arc, which is which is really really great. Um, and then when she started Orange, she contacted me directly. They had an agent at the time that I'd fired right after I found out about Orange because he was worthless. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she was like, uh, "You're really great." in weeds and she told me that she was bringing in a lot of specifically the male uh kind of characters that had guest characters from weeds to 
the Orange cast, and she was like, you're really great, and I, I think there's this role that you'd be good for. That so. is rare. Just it's the extremely way, rare. Just, yeah. Like, that is, that is not far off from that Robert Evans story. Like, you were practically just hanging out by a pool, and someone said, I think you'd be, I want this guy. <laughs> I mean, you were doing the work at, you know, but in a completely different capacity. I would say that Genji is, has a very, very generous spirit. Yeah. And I'm extremely grateful. Uh, <laughs> Man, not deserving at did, all. Did you feel, like, intimidated by it? I mean, I guess, I guess you started with a character that, like you said, didn't really have an arc and maybe it was only in one or two episodes. So maybe that's a little less pressure. Yeah, I didn't really worry about, worry yeah. about it for the... the just that it was, you know, it was one scene in one episode. Okay. And I was, you know, I approached it like anything I would do with like Channel 101 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just be prepared and be funny. And they liked it enough to keep it going. And um, the, um, I, I worked with the same people when I was on Weeds mm-hmm. pretty much the entire time. Every scene I did was with Alanis Morissette <laughs> and who. <laughs> It sounds like it would be intimidating, but she was really nice, you know, and mm. very sweet. <clears throat> and this guy, Justin Kirk. Oh, yeah. F- fucking fantastic yeah. actor and an even better person. He's just really sweet and encouraging. So it was, I had a good time doing it, and I never felt too intimidated. And, you know, I haven't – I actually have not seen any of Orange is the New Black. I wanted to jump into it to get ready for this, but I, I realized, like, oh, shoot, I probably should have started earlier. Uh, <laughs> weeks to, ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's actually um, why you had to wait outside for 10 minutes. Yeah, I had to, I had <laughs> yeah. to finish up watching all of the episodes. You'll probably get through all my stuff in 10 minutes. I think. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and so your character is, uh, is, is ongoing. Um, yeah. So is that <laughs> – do you find do you find because I've talked to a few people that will show up that will have a, a recurring character on a on a TV show like do you find that it's I mean I guess I kind of asked this earlier that there's a sort of pressure knowing that you have to craft because like different than film because in film you 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 can read the whole script you know where your character's headed. Yeah. Whereas in TV, you may not know episode to episode where he's going to end up. And so you have to create a character that is specific, but also maybe even broad enough to incorporate where the writers might take him. That's a very abstract I, I think, question. I think your performance, the writers, your performance will inform the writers okay. later on down the road. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can only work with kind of what they give you at the time. Yeah. Um, so it is different. But I, I wouldn't know really because I haven't done feature film. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to if anybody's listening that okay. can make that happen. That'd be great. Uh, but <clears throat> but if it yeah, turns out as the next you know next season it turns out your character killed someone uh, when he was twelve years old, you'd be able to fit that in. Well, I think that the writers would uh, notice that there's something about. Uh, what we've written so far and how I've played it that wouldn't kind of inform. So would you be insulted then if they wrote something? No, because he's a fucked up character. (laughs) And, you know, I'd try to, I feel like a fraud on uh, all the time. 
uh, on set because everybody there is, they're all, you know, like Juilliard. There's so many Juilliard trained <laughs> actresses there and they're all super talented. And I'm just like, I'm not supposed to be here, but. Do you, you try know. to like do a little PA work in between scenes? <laughs> just, <laughs> I know. I try. <laughs> like I try. I don't, I don't tell people that, you know, cause I don't want them yeah. to be like, what the fuck's he doing here? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, cause I have a hard time. I have to be confident enough to, you know, be able to get into a scene and I can't think about like, uh, you know, whether or not I deserve it really. I probably don't. So if I think about it too much, I'll psych myself out. Yeah. You hear stories about like, uh, Paul F. Tompkins on when he was in There Will Be Blood uh-huh. and he has to act with not merely Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. Daniel Day-Lewis as Daniel Plainview and he has and of course I mean there's it's not like he has to like go head to head with him or anything like yeah. that but nonetheless just being there with this intense actor playing an intense character yeah. and just like I was I was just telling jokes a couple nights ago, <laughs> yeah. and now here I Paul am. Paul Tompkins is fine. And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like he, he it's fine. And I, with, I imagine working with somebody like that, I could, I'm lucky enough to work with like, like Natasha Leone, uh, mm-hmm. who's fantastic. I think, you know, the better performer will sort of force you to uh, bring your A game or whatever. Hmm. To help you out, you know, a good performer is only going to make you better. It's not going to make you look worse by comparison. I think. I am trying to think if I agree, and I, and that's the thing is because <laughs> you're in because you're in that position at least according, according that to way. yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure. You know what? Having not seen the show, I'm sure you're just being humble. But nonetheless, um, it's. Uh, like I, I bet, I bet you're perfectly fine. <laughs> Just like uh, I don't want them to discover my secret. Yeah, you know? I can't. It's, I have a really hard time. Well, and I never did before, but since Orange, sort of, I've had a harder time watching myself. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Because you you watch and just think like, oh, I wish I had made a different choice here or something like that. Sure, and I think every actor is like that. Okay. There's like, why they use that take? Hmm. They're probably not even. And it, my role's small. They're probably not even really looking at my performance that all that much. Yeah. You know? When you said the idea that, that, uh, that if a, a lesser actor is alongside like great actors, that it brings them up. Oddly enough, the first place my mind went was Keanu Reeves in Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have no idea why, uh, except that he's there with, you know, Anthony Hopkins and yeah. Gary Oldman and all that. And I just remember thinking like, no, he's still, He's yeah. still, Ke- and you know, as time has gone on, I've come to actually really embrace Keanu Reeves. Me you too. Had, you had trouble <laughs> for a while. A I had trouble, trouble for a I while. I feel like I don't want to toot my own horn. I feel like I was on the Keanu uh, bandwagon early on. Yeah. Now everyone just thinks it's cool to like Keanu Reeves, but I used to get into d- discussions with you. Uh, I know. Have you seen like, uh, John Sucker? Uh, yes, no. I have. Fantastic in that movie. Yeah. He's so funny. I have like a dream scenario of writing uh, a thing with him and Kyle MacLachlan uh-huh. as brothers, <laughs> perfect together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's an odd actor because I mean he there was always a ceiling for him as far as what he was going to be able to do. Uh, but what I like is that 
I think he came to realize that, and maybe that's why Bram Stoker's Dracula stands out, is because he has to do an accent, he has to basically be in a period piece, and there's a lot to the character. Where And so I think he moved away from that, and so when he's in stuff like The Matrix or I haven't seen John Wick, I really want to. Everyone's very good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a ceiling for that. Yeah. What I was describing. Um, and you should probably know what you're capable of. Yeah. Yeah. As a, I'm certainly aware that I'm not capable of doing certain kind of acting work. Can you do a Cockney accent? I think so. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> I was about to, and then I was like, nah, I might not yeah, get it. I saw the, I saw the change happen. So the wheels turning. It's like, can I do a Cockney accent? Get ready for this. You know what? I'm going to. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do a Cockney accent on. Uh, fuck me. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That, that was wasn't bad. Better than I could have done. Thanks. Um, okay. Uh, it well, occurs to me we actually oh, shit, I completely you know forgot what? about our other sponsor. We Oops. got so wrapped up talking about it, we forgot about our sponsors, such as tweakedaudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors, uh, at a low, low price. They are fantastic earbuds. I use them every day. They look great. And if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get everything I just said for thirty per- I'm sorry, one third off. There you go. Thirty three Point three repeating percent off mm-hmm. uh, and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. All right. And lastly, uh, this episode is also brought to you by the Double Feature Podcast. This week discussing... All right. Here we go. Pronunciation. T-E-S-I-S. It's... I think it's thesis. Okay. Because they seem to be... Uh, when I read about the film though I didn't look up pronunciation. That seems to be the situation. So I'm, ge- I'm going to operate on that. Okay. Thesis and a favorite of the show, Trans-Siberian. Uh, in their conversation about Thesis, they talk about snuff films, such as Faces of Death and Mondo Kane. I've not seen Mondo Kane. I have seen... Mondo I- Kane. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true. Is that... That's true. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um <clears throat> <laughs> now, how far into Mondo Kane did your teenage girlfriend make it? <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, so they ask, you know, what is a snuff film? Where do they come from, and why do we want to watch them? And then, as the hosts uh, move on to trans Siberia, yeah, I think they're making yeah, some assumptions there. Maybe they're talking about humanity in general, like. When I was young, like everybody knew about Faces of Death. It was like a thing that we that I at age 14, 15 wanted to watch. Sure. And then I became an adult and grew out of it. Like, what is it? What is like this primal instinct to want to see that? I don't know. I mean, you know what? We'll move, that's, we'll that's, move on to the ad in a moment. You, you look like you got uh, a theory or at least thoughts. Well, I just think that age it's, it's, it's the, the taboo of it is. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Just the awareness of like, uh, th- looking over your shoulder. I don't know if, yeah. My what parents can walk you in. consume that you're not supposed to at that age? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And I'm sure that's part of it, but I feel like and maybe I'm just trying being like highfalutin. But Ooh. like as someone who the moment like my my family was late to getting the internet because we were late with most things like that. But the moment I we had the internet at home, I found out about Rotten.com and was there every fucking day. Um, Rotten.com. I, I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah, I mean, I I've grown up. I don't think it. it's uh, uh, operating right now. Probably not. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think there's something about, like, being at an age where uh, you're 
aware of your mortality, but it's not as real as maybe when you get older. There's you're in this weird like gray area where you're almost it's almost like you're experimenting with yeah um, being with confronting the idea of death or, or yeah. things like that. I don't know. I was obsessed with Rotten.com. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, but yeah, I, I was there. Every day. I feel a bit better about <laughs> my admission. Oh yeah, and and of course, I mean, I I had notes sent home about the drawings that I did and that sort of thing. <laughs> Just all of them very gross because uh, I read. Jurassic Park, which is often of quite a gory book, and uh, just uh, drew what I read, and uh, th- that means there's intestines everywhere and raptors killing people and stuff like that. That's cute. So, absolutely, <laughs> it was yeah. adorable. I, I wrote I wrote a story for uh, eighth grade like English class that my parents somehow read before it was just like a two page story, and they made me like the day before it was due. They were like. Write another story. You're not turning this into your teacher. Oh, yeah. the haze code wow. in your own house. Certainly, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, it was just I will. An internal, it was two pages of internal monologue of a, a kid That's standing right. on a bridge waiting to commit suicide, and at the end, he does. That was the entire story that I, I wrote. I think that's remarkably deep for you to write. Good for you. How old were you when you wrote that? It sucked. I was in eighth grade, so oh, whatever perfect. that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was that age, I was writing uh, my hyper-violent uh, Sasquatch opus, as, I, as we've <laughs> talked about on the show before. Uh, moving on. Okay, so uh, as the hosts move on to discuss Trans-Siberian, they discuss uh, Brad Anderson's body of work and the reversed gender roles in the film, which is something you and I have talked about uh, as well. Uh, but... Don't just because David and I have talked about it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go and listen to the double feature podcast. We haven't talked about this thesis movie. Indeed, I don't even know how to pronounce I, it. I, I'm betting that we're both wrong because it's Spanish. Oh, okay. It's probably Tesis or something like oh, that. Tesis. That's okay. That's my new theory. Is that it's Tesis. That's probably I not that, true. I think the E's pronounced like an A. I'm guessing. Like fair enough. Okay. Well, like only if you one say way. To... I love you in Spanish. It's Teamo, but it's spelled T E. Right. So I'm guessing this is that's a fair enough. Was there an accent over it? There is not, but you know what? I also e- bad I also emailed this to myself. Yes, uh, Bob, did you just make fun of the copy? I wrote this myself. <laughs> all right, next time, how about you write the copy and then read it every week? Okay, uh, so to listen to uh, this episode of Double Feature and others, just click on the ad at battleshippretension.com. All right, that took longer than expected, but, but that's all right. We got some, and, and we got Sorry, into no, it was great because we got into movies, and I know we should wrap up soon. Because uh, we've been going for a while, but I we haven't asked you about your favorite movies yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, are you still into uh, horror and uh, yeah, so violent I'm, movies? Uh, Babadook. I hear it's. Fantastic. I'm going to probably see it this it's weekend. It's Great, yeah, it's so good. Neither of you have seen it. No, I've seen it probably tomorrow. Actually, oh man, I would like to talk about it. You know but... what? Just say that. Go the, ahead. The uh, the there's a kid in the movie. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with. The kids at all, with the but, idea of children, but kid, the, I mean, kids are constantly used in horror movies, and it's always yeah. the same like where they're you know mute and have black eyes. <laughs> uh, but this is like before anything in the movie becomes supernatural, it's already a horror film because it's it's a nightmare dealing with this extremely hyperactive kid. Yeah, <clears throat> and the kids are never like that in horror movies, and that is a scary thing. You know, just dealing with a kid that is, you know, unhinged totally. Well, and it and it and the kid is great. And it, oh man, it's is he is he realistically unhinged? Just like you know, some kids are a handful. You know, no, you it's it's great. It almost sounds like when I when I watched the trailer and then based on a couple of reviews that I read, it seemed to 
uh, sort of be, in some ways, of course, there's a supernatural element as well, but uh, as far as the relationship between the mother and the kid, it almost seems like uh, we need to talk about Kevin, kind of. Oh, it's wonderful. And it, and that feels like a horror movie if you're a parent or maybe if you're if you're planning on being a parent, which is your kid might turn out like this and be way more work than you were yeah, ever anticipating. That's a horrifying thought. Yeah. But obviously. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I you know, and that's the thing is, you know, all all three of us uh were kids that uh were you know, I don't know if your parents were ever like concerned with your love of horror or something like that, but Yeah, my mine, parents were my dad's a fifth generation preacher. Oh boy. So sure. <laughs> but uh <laughs> they they this is important for my youth. Mm. My dad had a copy of Tipper Gore's uh raising PG kids in an X-rated society. Wow. And I found out about so many great horror movies. <laughs> 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 Including I spit on your grave. <laughs> It's so right. interesting. Do you think Tipper Gore saw all those movies? So she knew? I hope so. Wouldn't it be great? I know. Wouldn't yeah. it be so great? But also, yeah. what I like is the idea that she saw them, loves them, but thinks that they're not appropriate for children. And is probably correct about that. But uh, but she's a huge she horror fan. Metallica. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so, um, yeah, I, I so badly want to see the, the, the trailer alone. And this is a rare thing. The trailer alone for The Babadook freaked me out. Because a lot of it is, you know, terror inside your own home. And there's a moment where, like, the door is is opening to reveal something. And after I watched the trailer at, like, 4 a.m., I then walked to my room, went to bed, and then my cat pushed my door open. And I was like, oh, go, come on. This is just a trailer. This I'm a grown man. Yeah, uh, I, I am not normally affected by horror movies anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of them are whatever. For some reason, I do, I'm just not never frightened by them but yeah. i've found it genuinely unsettling unsettling oh i like I, I like the idea of that yeah i think i'm pretty easily frightened hmm. but i enjoy it boom <laughs> i mean yeah, that like, got me got me a little bit <laughs> like that drawn out the explosion creepy. earlier that you had uh that that uh well, shook me I up a little sorry bit. i'm talking about like like that drawn out creepy sense of like even when a movie's not that great like uh the woman in black with daniel radcliffe which, mm-hmm. it's not a disaster but like that stuff gets to me if it's just that long drawn out creepy thing that'll stay with me. But I kind of enjoy it, you know. I I, I, I like the, I, I don't know. I like the idea of like when I take my dog out at the end of the night, you know, before I go to bed, and it's like dark and rainy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit on edge, but a part of me also kind of enjoys that. Yeah, for some reason, like uh, horror movies, it never really disturb me all that much. Like, um, uh. I'm not. I'm not really scared by the supernatural all that much. To mm-hmm. me, like in, in the Babadook, all the supernatural s- stuff was not as frightening as the stuff with the kid. And I don't. I feel like I'm giving away too much. Okay. Um, Speaking of kids and horror, did either of you see that uh, online? That one minute horror film tucked me in. That, yeah, yeah so I, that was super cool. Right? I did not see it. Good job. Yeah. All right. Then I won't. I won't it was, okay. It, it made the rounds around Halloween. If you're frightened of doors, it's a, well, I guess it's a light. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's one minute long. It's called Tuck Me In. It's really cool. So it sounds like it's not going to take a lot of my time. About a minute. Okay. About 60 seconds, give or take. I'll see what I can do. Um, uh, but what are your uh, – so anything else you've seen recently that you loved or any other favorites that you return to often? Uh, this year, 
Uh, Whiplash is fantastic. That's uh, probably my favorite from this hmm. year. Um, have you seen it? I did, and I like it quite a bit. And you know what? I do find my mind returning to it, uh, not merely because of the story and not merely because of J.K. Simmons' amazing performance, but also the sort of the the argument that it's making, but isn't always isn't definitively making. Yeah, I don't think it makes a definitive argument. Which I, I I've like. Heard, I've heard people say that, like they, that ultimately they think it's a bad message because if, but I, and I, I'm hoping the listeners have seen it. I, I think we I can, don't want to. Yeah, we it's can. It's been out a while. I'm I guess we have that. this yeah. problem constantly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Tyler is a little more willing to just blurt out spoilers than i am i've, I've because had, they're not I've, I've as the episode before they're not as big a deal to me as they are to some and that's that's my fault they're not, not a big deal to me either but i have the compassion to recognize that they are to some of our listeners my compassion ran out years here. ago this is a little spat but i think i think a lot of people interpret the message of that movie as like greatness at all costs which i think is wrong and, and you know what here's the thing is what i what i do like about the movie is that i think it does make an argument that that is that is a point of view. That mm-hmm. is a, a that for some that is a path is success, artistic or otherwise, at any cost, and that good things can come from that. But what I like, what I think is that the film is not advocating that, but it's not condemning it either. It's just saying yeah. some of the best art we've ever seen, some of the best things we've ever seen, come from people that have made that decision. Yeah. It might not be the one for you. But some people ha- like not condemning it as as almost any other movie would, and they and they talk about both routes mm-hmm. for those those kinds of artists. Yeah, like because it goes either way. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you're that dedicated to something, you'll either be great or you'll commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or give it up altogether because it's too frustrating. I'm hitting the table. I apologize. Thank you for being aware of it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Not everybody is. Um, um, yeah, but that was great. Um, Nightcrawler was really good this year. I haven't seen it. I love. We just Nightcrawler. got the screener. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Oh, good. Yeah. I'm. I'm glad that the studio. I mean, I know that for the Indie Spirit Awards, it it was up for a bunch of stuff. But right. I, I'm glad that they're really pushing it, especially. I think when it comes to cinematography. To a lesser extent, supporting actor and certainly best lead actor. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler is a film that I have that my m- mind has returned to over and over, and it has been working its way because I, I, David and I rank every movie that we see in a given year, and it it popped it showed up on the list around like number seventeen. It's been working its way up steadily. It's not in the top ten yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went up there. First feature though, right? Yeah, that's remarkable. Yeah, that, uh, it's so well directed. That chasing is so well directed. Yeah, and it's unbelievably intense. I can't. I, it's, and it's I fantastic. think I and think a great lead performance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just and I think it's out. It's actually very well written. I don't think he's treading any new ground when it comes to like themes yeah. uh, that he's exploring. But the way he writes that character and just the 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 platitudes that he speaks in and just sort of it's first off, I think it's a brilliant approach to the character. And to have Jake Gyllenhaal lock into, I know who this guy is, and I know exactly the way to play him. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's a really confident performance. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you guys already done your, like, I probably not the best of the year 
list. Oh, we don't do no, we, we don't do that for a while. We really? do it time to, because everyone else does theirs at the end of the year. We do ours time to the Oscars to give ourselves and our listeners more time to catch up. Smart, but you you had uh, numbered Nightcrawler. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah, it's at the moment everything is ranked, and then uh, David, I forget. I think we, if you're the kind of obsessive nerd that we are, you have. I've had a list since January 1st, and every yeah. time I see a movie in the year, I rearrange yeah. the list. Now, do you, David? Like I've indie been, film. They put out like a, a best of. Oh, yes. The, the year every week. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it is uh, odd the way it starts. I don't know. I recognize that some outlets have access to to movies way in advance. But at the same time, I just find myself wondering, like, like American Sniper – for example, yeah, which I don't know. There have been there have been no screenings, yeah. yeah, and yet I think it it has popped up on some lists here and there. And so I clearly, just, some people have seen it. I think everyone's lying, but that's yeah. just me. <laughs> that's probably not true, but yeah, I, I just wonder how they get access to this. Certainly not from screeners, not yet. Yeah, but exactly. I, I must have played some festivals. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, I don't. I, I never think in those terms because I never go to them. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, are there any, uh, let me ask you this uh, before we, because I know we do need to wrap up. But um, so as, because uh, we were ta- we were asking about um, as a comedian, like what were your influences, both as a sketch uh, comedian and uh, stand up. Um, let me ask you this: as an actor, are there any perf- are there any actors uh, that you can point to and say, not merely that's the type of actor I would like to be, but also just the way they act just inspires me as an artist in general. Uh, sure. But that's like, it's probably, it'll sound all over the map. Okay. Cause, um, like, and I wouldn't, and none of these would be like comparisons, right? Okay. They're just performers that I really admire. Um, and I think like someone like Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. obviously I'd really like, uh, just that intensity always is, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is fun to watch, but also someone like Walter Matthau. Oh, the great uh, comedic yeah. actor. Um, I don't know, Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty, plenty yeah. people. That's uh, Walter Matthau does not get his due as an actor. I mean, people know that he's funny; they remember it, the Odd Couple and stuff like that. But like, he just one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of, I know it's weird to bring this up, but uh, the original Bad News Bears. Yeah, I was about to say that. It's one of the best comedies ever. Yeah. 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 And just... It holds up rem- like really well. I don't think you could make it now. I mean, they did the... They did. I haven't seen the... They, I didn't see it. I saw it. Do I... I bought it for a few dollars, and uh, I think... Yes, I got rid of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's fine. It's Billy Bob Thornton, but it just... But it does seem... And... By having Greg Kinnear in there as a certain type of obsessive parent, it feels a bit it, – it's relevant to the times in which it was made, and that's fine. But it doesn't compare to the to the original, which does – it holds up because it just – I feel like some of that stuff just doesn't change. A Little League field yeah. is only ever going to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't but know. Did, in the remake, which I haven't seen, do the, like, do the kids drink beer at the end? I don't think so. Okay. Does <laughs> – the Tanner character in the original has mm-hmm. one of the funniest lines. I can't repeat it, though, because it's very offensive. But coming out of the mouth of a 10-year-old boy. I, you can repeat it on the show. It's fine. He <laughs> said, we both said cunt earlier. That is true, yes. This is worse. Well, I never mind. <laughs> okay. I don't, okay. But it, uh, audience, understand the context. 
right now. Imagine, imagine an adorable blonde, like nine-year-old yeah. saying what you're about to say. Tatum O'Neill shows up on the team. Walter mm-hmm. Matthau brings her onto the field and Tanner goes, <laughs> he goes, Jews, spicks and niggers and now a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, they don't have that in the yeah. PG thirteen right. remake, and yeah, it's oh, just, yeah, I forgot about that. It's a, <laughs> it's that character is like so, not unlike you know, not unlike uh, Blazing Saddles. Uh, there's just styles of comedy that I think even the most, maybe even like the most liberal minded comedy fan would be like, no, no, that's yeah. un- that's completely unacceptable. No way, absolutely not. <laughs> And uh, and just the the sheer amount of stuff in Blazing Saddles, and then stuff like that again, out of the mouth of a kid. Yeah, no one would go for that now, ever. Um, but and and Walter Matthau just being like unblinking in yeah. the way he reacts I, to them. It's ridiculous when people have that uh, uh, opinion towards any sort of art when portraying despicable characters. Yeah, you know, it and makes sense for them to say horrible things. Yeah. Yeah, Tanner so, is not. You're not supposed to uh, wrap him in your arms and be like, "Oh, he's you, not that kind of kid. what a scamp!" It's not Jonathan yeah. Lipnicki. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, wouldn't it be funny if uh, Jonathan, if if his character <laughs> from Jerry Maguire just let fly with ra- <laughs> racial epithets? But uh, yeah, Walter Matthau. That's a, have you ever heard? Incidentally, have you ever heard uh, Josh Vadim's impression of Walter Matthau? No. The next time you see him, say, "Hey, word him. on the street." Which is say from Battleship Retention. I I like to think they're the same thing. Uh, you do a good uh, math though, and then watch and just be amazed. Oh, that's great! It's astounding. What are you looking at? I'm looking at you because I because everything about your uh, posture said you're, you're we're wrapping up. We do need to wrap up. Um, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you find uh, uh, this podcast, all the other podcasts in the BP fleet, and all of our movie reviews. Uh, what's up uh, this week? I reviewed uh, Wild, uh, Wild, which I loved. I reviewed Pioneer, a Norwegian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, by the time you hear this, I will have reviewed Miss Julie. I'm not looking forward to writing that one because it was not good. Um, <laughs> really? Sometimes those are the easiest ones to write. Yeah, maybe it will be. Not to be a jerk about it, but just to be like, well, I definitely know what I think. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Um, you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at thepretension. You can follow Tyler at Tyler Pretension. Um, let's see. Uh, Tyler's other podcast, as mentioned earlier, is called More Than One Lesson. Mm-hmm. Anything interesting going on over there this week? Uh, let's see. The next few weeks are kind of charted out at this point. Uh, the most recent mini-sode, uh, we talk about Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, which won Best Picture in 1992. So we talk about it. Uh, whether it deserved to or not. Um, but then, upcoming episode... Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Darren Doan's Kirk Cameron's That's Saving Christmas. That's the one. <laughs> After that will be a discussion of uh, Exodus. All right. My uh, Exodus. Oh, you mean Gods and Kings. What's up? <laughs> no, I mean, I, mean, I mean the film with Sal, uh, Sal Minio. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is that the 1960? Yeah. Wait, uh, yeah, Paul Newman's in that, right? Yeah. I, I, liked, I like to go with Sal Minio, But that's, apparently, that's why it's called Exodus Gods and Kings is because the, like, uh, MGM had the rights to Exodus. And didn't wouldn't let Fox just call the movie Exodus. So it's like uh, the Butler, right? Right, right. Lee, Lee Daniels, Daniels, Lee the, Daniels Butler. the Butler. Yeah. How do you buy the rights to a book out of the Bible? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the book. Uh, what's the name of the book? That the uh, is it Exodus? It's Exodus. Yes. So yeah, it's their Exodus out of Egypt. Yeah. But I'm saying that's the name of the book in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you 
how do you secure rights to that? That's a good That's question. A good question. Uh, someone over at MGM's got something to answer for. Like the fact that they keep remaking everything. For example? <laughs> I, like Mag- Magnificent Seven is the new one that they've announced uh, casting rumors for oh, uh, today. At the rate that MGM is remaking their properties, like there's going to be casting news for the Valkyrie reboot like any day now. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, Why that movie? <laughs> That's, that was a weird go-to. <laughs> trying to, well, MGM didn't have a lot of output for a while, and they're back in business now. But MGM went through bankruptcy and stuff, so I, I had to dig deep to find an MGM title. Fair enough. Um, anyway, um, my other podcast is, is it's about TV. It's called Hey, Watch This uh, with Paul and David. That's the king of TV, Paul Goebel. And this week we are talking about the CW's The Flash and ABC's Nashville. Um, so the shipper name for this episode would be Flashville. Obviously, yes. Uh, have, you guys do, have you guys done Orange? Uh, we did. We did the first episode. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, did you Did you guys like it? We did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's stuck with it. I still need to catch up on <laughs> Orange. There's this one character that just is not rubbing you the right way. You just feel like he's just not, well, no, not as good as the others. You aren't in the pilot, right? No. See, that's why. Oh, the it, very first episode you talked about. Yes. Oh, okay. I so... See. It didn't get it took to me yet. That's why. Once you show up, <laughs> yeah, I won't it be sounds able to like this off. thing gets a solid thirty five percent better once you join. Um, oh, it's very generous. <laughs> my, my wife is a religious fan, though she's nuts about it. Um, as is uh, other, other other members of my family. Um, where, where was I? Flash uh, Nashville. That's it for me. Matt, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Boy, other than Netflix.com. Uh that's a good place to start. Absolutely. <laughs> At Matt Peters on Twitter. Uh, that should that should keep you sated. That'll cover all the bases. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I hope I didn't sound stupid. I had a lot no, of fun. I, I hope you did have fun because I did. Um, <laughs> for a moment, I thought you were about to say, I hope you didn't sound stupid. That's, <laughs> I was like, that's a weird – don't take your cues from the guest on that one. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great deal of fun. So – uh, yeah, and again, we're sorry for keeping you waiting outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 